Welcome to Quantum Magazine Science Podcast. Come for the science, stay for the stories. For news, interviews, videos, graphics, and more, visit quantummagazine.org. This week, we'll hear about a controversial idea in dark matter research. Also, physicist David Kaplan talks about a particle that, if it exists, could upset the standard model of physics. First, reporter Natalie Walchover's story about the latest attempt to rescue the dark disk theory of dark matter from scientific oblivion. In 1932, Dutch astronomer Jan Oort counted stars in the Milky Way and found there should be more. Stars bob up and down like horses on a carousel as they go around the plane of the galaxy. Based on the star's movement, Oort thought he should see twice as much matter. He proposed a hidden dark matter to make up the difference. He thought it had to be concentrated in a disk to explain the star's motions. Dark matter is the invisible, unidentified stuff that makes up over 80% of the universe's mass. Credit for its discovery usually goes to astronomer Fritz Zwicky, who based his work on the relative motions of galaxies in 1933. Oort is passed over because he was following a false clue. By 2000, updated counts determined that the Milky Way's missing mass is made up of faint stars, gas, and dust, which meant no need for a dark disk. Instead, 80 years of hints suggest that dark matter, whatever it is, forms spherical clouds called halos around galaxies. Or that's what most dark matter experts think, anyway. The dark disk idea lost support, but it never completely went away. And recently, Lisa Randall, a Harvard physicist, has put it back on the table. Since she proposed the model in 2013, Randall has argued that a dark disk might explain gamma rays coming from the center of the Milky Way and the distribution of dwarf galaxies that orbit it. Randall said the disk could even explain periodic increases in comet impacts and mass extinctions on Earth. She wrote about these ideas in her 2015 book called Dark Matter and the Dinosaurs. But astrophysicists who survey the Milky Way have protested. They argue that the galaxy's total mass and the star's bobbing motion match too well to leave room for a dark disk. Joe Bovey, an astrophysicist at the University of Toronto, says there's less wiggle room than Lisa Randall wants to admit. Randall has come up with influential ideas about several of the biggest questions in fundamental physics, and now she's fighting back on this one. In a paper posted online that has been accepted by the Astrophysical Journal, Randall and student Eric Kramer report a disk-shaped loophole in the Milky Way analysis. They wrote that there is an important detail that has been overlooked. The disk, they explain, can actually make room for itself. Randall and Kramer argue that if there is a thin disk running through the center of the galaxy, then it will pinch other matter inward. This will result in a higher density of stars, gas, and dust at the middle of the galaxy than above or below it. Researchers usually estimate the total visible mass of the Milky Way based on this middle density. If there's a pinching effect, then this method of calculating leads to an overestimation of the visible mass, making it seem as if the mass matches up to the star's motions. Kramer said this is why many previous studies did not see evidence for a dark disk. They find that a thin dark disk is possible, and in one way of redoing the analysis, slightly favored over no dark disk. Chris Flynn and Johann Wallenberg did a series of Milky Way counts in the early 2000s that seemed to sweep it clean of a dark disk, but Flynn said Randall's work has reopened the case. 
Bovey disagrees. Even with taking the pinching effect idea into account, he estimates that at most 2% of the total amount of dark matter can lie in a dark disk. The rest must form a halo. He says most people are probably more interested in the other 98%. The debate and the fate of the dark disk will probably be decided soon. The European Space Agency's Gaia satellite is surveying the positions and velocities of 1 billion stars. An official count of the Milky Way could be completed as soon as next summer. The discovery of a dark disk of any size would be a big deal. If one exists, then dark matter is much more complex than researchers have long thought. Matter settles into a disk shape only if it can shed energy. The easiest way for it to shed sufficient energy is if it forms atoms. Dark atoms would mean dark protons and dark electrons charged in a similar way to visible protons and electrons. These dark particles would interact with each other through a dark force that is conveyed by dark photons. Even if 98% of dark matter is inactive and forms halos, a thin dark disk would suggest a rich dark sector of unknown particles. An argument one could make is that one-sixth of the mass in the universe is normal matter, and that normal matter is, like, pretty complex. That's James Bullock, an astrophysicist at UC Irvine, speaking with reporter Natalie Wolchover. It's not crazy to imagine that the other five-sixths uh, is pretty complex, and, you know, there's some piece of that dark sector that winds up in bound atoms, and there's another piece that doesn't interact much at all with anything, and maybe there's a whole, whole hierarchy of interaction cross-sections mm-hmm. of different particles. The idea that dark matter might be complex has gained support in recent years. This is partly because of astrophysical quirks that don't quite gel with the long-standing profile of dark matter as passive, weakly interacting massive particles, or WIMPs. These quirks and the failure of WIMPs to show up in exhaustive experimental searches all over the world have weakened the case for WIMPs. The result is a new, free-for-all era where the nature of the dark beast is anybody's guess. The field started opening up around 2008 with an experiment called PAMELA. PAMELA detected a surplus of positrons over electrons coming from space. This asymmetry fueled interest in asymmetric dark matter, a now popular model proposed by Catherine Zurich and collaborators. At the time, there were few ideas other than WIMPs in play. Zurich said model builders like her realized that dark matter was very underdeveloped in this direction, so they dove in. Another trigger has been the density of dwarf galaxies. When researchers try to simulate their formation, dwarf galaxies typically turn out too dense in their centers. Unless that is, researchers assume that dark matter particles interact with one another via dark forces. But if you add too much interactivity, you mess up simulations of structure formation in the early universe. Here's Bullock again. What we're trying to do is, like, figure out what is allowed. Remarkably, there is a class of dark matter that allows for disks like this. In that case, only a tiny fraction of dark matter particles interact, but they do so strongly enough to dissipate energy and then form disks. Randall, Gigi Fan, Andre Katz, and Matthew Reese made their way to this idea in 2013 the same way Ort did 80 years earlier. Randall and her team were trying to explain an apparent Milky Way anomaly called the Fermi line. The line was a surplus of a certain frequency of gamma rays coming from the center of our galaxy. Randall said ordinary matter wouldn't annihilate enough to produce the Fermi line, so they thought, what if it was much denser? 
The dark disk was reborn. The Fermi line disappeared as more data was collected, but the disk idea seemed worth exploring anyway. In 2014, Randall Henry suggested that the disk might account for possible 30 to 35 million year breaks between increased meteor and comet activity. Some scientists have tried to tie this weak signal to periodic mass extinctions. They argue that each time the solar system bobs up or down through the dark disk in the Milky Way, rocks and comets on the outskirts of the the solar system may be affected. These objects would go hurtling toward the inner solar system and some would strike Earth. But Randall and her team did only a quick and incorrect study of how much room there is for a dark disk in the Milky Way's mass budget. Some of their claims, Bovey said, were outrageous. Randall put Kramer on the case to address the critics and iron out the wrinkles in the study before Gaia data becomes available. Their new study shows that the dark disk, if it exists, can't be as dense as her team first thought possible. But there is wiggle room for a thin dark disk due both to its pinching effect and to added uncertainty caused by drifting Milky Way stars. Now, Chris McKee of UC Berkeley has raised a new problem. McKee agrees that a thin dark disk can still be squeezed into the Milky Way's mass budget, but the disk might be so thin that it would collapse. Based on research from the 60s and 70s, McKee argues that disks can't be much thinner than the disk of visible gas in the Milky Way without breaking apart. McKee said it's possible that the dark matter Randall is thinking about has some property to keep from breakdown, but he doesn't know what the that property could be. Randall has yet to respond to this latest attack, calling it a tricky issue that's under consideration. She's also taken on the point Bovey raised that a disk of charged dark atoms is trivial next to the nature of 98% of dark matter. She's exploring the idea that all dark matter might be charged under the same dark force. Perhaps, because of a surplus of dark protons over dark electrons, only a tiny fraction become bound in atoms and wind up in a disk. The disk and halo would then be made of the same stuff, which would be more economical, she said. Her team thought the possibility would be ruled out, but it wasn't. The dark disk survives for now, a symbol of all that isn't known about the dark side of the universe. Here's James Bullock again. And I think it's very, very healthy for the field that you have people thinking about all kinds of different ideas because it is quite true that we don't know what the heck that dark matter is and you need to be open-minded about it. You're listening to Quantum Magazine's podcast. That was a recap of Natalie Walchover's latest piece, Debate Intensifies Over Dark Disk Theory. And now, physicist David Kaplan tells us about a curious signal that could either upset the standard model of particle physics or mean nothing at all. Recently, there has been potentially very exciting news from the Large Hadron Collider. The Large Hadron Collider is the quoted as the largest machine ever built by human beings. It collides two beams of protons. Uh, just outside of Geneva, Switzerland, and the collisions are the highest energy ever produced by humans and ever recorded. And that uh, data allows us to probe, in essence, the structure of matter and of space-time itself. The Large Hadron Collider started up operations last year again after a long shutdown and is running at almost twice the energy 
it was before. In the first run, the collider discovered the Higgs boson, which is the last particle of the standard model and a key piece of understanding how matter was created in the early universe and exists today. What has been seen now in the new data is potentially a particle that has no room to fit in the standard model. It would be something that upends the standard model of particle physics. And so physicists all over the place are very excited that we may be on the verge of seeing something big. The particle decays, if it's true, into two photons. What's actually seen in the collider are two particles of light coming out at an energy at roughly six times the energy of the Higgs boson. So it implies the existence of a new particle, which is six times as heavy as the Higgs, is brand new, and we don't know what it is. To see something totally random is incredibly exciting, because then you, you know, then that's when the fun begins. You don't know what it's going to be, and so you get to play. What the hell is that? And so that's where we are right now. It could easily go away. July comes, well, we got more data. It's not really there. It was a random fluctuation. That happens all the time. This one is a little bit more exciting than most. Uh, because the signal was stronger than usual. Um, and uh, theoretically, to explain it, it's actually very simple, which makes you think maybe this is more plausible. That was David Kaplan. Stay tuned this summer as we find out whether there's really something to be excited about. In the meantime, learn more by watching Quanta's In Theory video series on YouTube. You're listening to Quanta Magazine Science Podcast. I'm Karen Chikurchi. For news, interviews, graphics, and more, visit quantamagazine.org.